0: everybody and hello humans. This is Josh with Not A Robot Podcast Network's DC Comics Review Show. Thanks for tuning in to listen to me and my co-host Rob. Brandon's normally with us but he is off on vacation this week and he will be back soon. Visit us at Podcast.com for all of our shows and Patreon for our exclusive content, Slack channel access and more. We've got a huge week this week. In fact, uh, we've looked ahead here, and uh, Rob and I know for a fact that we've got a lot of huge weeks ahead. And, <laughs> like, a oh, man, so many. It goes on and on and on. Until I saw no more books. It's just thickness, man. So many babies. Oh, yeah.
1: DC's going wild. <laughs> for sure.
0: Now, I heard that prior to uh, Infinite, for, or prior, post- uh uh dark nights and then the endless winter and then uh future state i heard that post that we were supposed to be pared down to like never more than eight books a week that was a rumor i was hearing but apparently that's not the case Uh and it's uh, you know held like at least at least 25 percent of the books maybe even 30 percent of the books have backup stories in them too Lots of lots of books. Yeah, this week we are talking about Justice League number 64, Suicide Squad number 5, Crush and Lobo number 2, Crime Syndicate number 5, Swamp Thing number 5, Nice House on the Lake number 2, The Conjuring the Lover number 2, Green Lantern number 4, Batman number 110, Batman Secret Files the Signal number 1, and Wonder Girl number 2. Did I make that sound like it was all in one breath? I was trying to make it sound like it was all in one breath. Yeah, sounded good. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> but, uh, um, before we go ahead and get into the books, you got any news for us, Rob? How's things hanging in Rob's world? Oh,
1: it's, it's been raining this week. It's a lot of rain. We we had a miniature heat wave at the beginning of the week, though, so we're just getting thunderstorm after thunderstorm. Oh, uh, no.
0: You know, I yeah, hear well, that from I love the rain, so... Yeah. a lot of people on a lot of the different podcasts have been making blanket forts and and or just flat oh, yeah. out you know missing a show because of how bad the thunderstorm in their area was going on oh god I mean jeez we haven't got hit here with anything hard at all uh, but I feel for if all you of like you guys- storms I like
1: storms so. <laughs> i I love them so i i I'm not sad. <laughs> yeah,
0: I wouldn't be sad. <laughs> I haven't really either, I haven't had any like, big, power.
1: loud ones yet.
0: You guys lose. You guys lose power.
1: No, no. Actually, my my store did, but I think that was that was during the heat wave. So ah, even better. And that was just too many people using AC. <laughs> yeah, it happens. All right. maybe well. haven't heard this week. We did lose a cinematic grate.
0: Oh. Yeah,
1: Richard Donner. Oh away, my God, how back. did I
0: miss that? Oh, well, I mean, it's been a really yeah. big week.
1: It has been. But yeah, that was. I kind of. He, he lived a great life. He, he's he was getting on in years, so it's not overly surprising. It was natural causes, from what I understand, but still
0: sad. You got to see his director Scott come to life too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wish we could have saw his Superman three. Anyway, oh definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else out there from you? Uh, no, I think that's that's about it. Uh, the only piece of news I scooped up was right before we got on here. DC has released its lineup for Comic-Con at Home this year. Ooh. That's taking place between July 23rd and July 25th. They're going to have panels for Batman Fear State with Tamaki, Taylor, and Tynan, oh, and man. more. They're going to have a panel for DC's horror, DC Read with the Light On. That's going to be that series. And uh, that's featuring Matthew... Matthew Rosenberg, and the Conjuring creative team that's already behind the book. Superman with all of its current creatives, plus Tom Taylor. They'll also be talking about Wonder Woman across the multiverse, and Dark Knight's Death Metal, the soundtrack. So real quick, who is this for? I mean, I mean, I like Death Metal. I did. I thought it was fun. It was great. I like to step outside the bounds. It was a little too crazy and weird for most people, but I had a fun ride with it. Oh, yeah. I did but I am flat out sick of the Batman who laughs and pretty much the whole shebang I can't imagine anyone out there wants any more of this arc right now I don't know if this is just like a a comic book that that is like a companion to this CD album whatever I I, I don't know if there really is an album yeah. <laughs> um I just, I don't understand the point of this existence, but.
1: Unless you're like supposed to play the album while you read it, or like has like during this battle, play the song, but that just seems like a
0: cash grab. I don't know. I mean, I've done the whole Pink Floyd Wizard of Oz thing, but. Oh, that's, you got to. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that would be a bit much. Yeah.
1: (laughs) when, When they were doing death metal, I think it was for death metal that. Rise Against did kind of like uh they wrote a song technically for it and they released it and I, I I like it but I don't really get what it has to do with death metal apart from just like <laughs> hey yeah we're gonna like slap this on the cover and listen to this I'm like okay what I found it on Spotify it had nothing to do with the comic <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey Rise Against I like Rise Against yeah I don't care why they're putting out new music. Even if it is a silly excuse. (laughs) Uh, All right. Up first, we have two quick shout-outs. One for Joker Puzzle Box, which I am still loving. But like Mm -hmm. we said before, covering it could give away spoilers unintentionally. So go read it. It's fun. It makes you think, too. And get on DCuniverseinfinite.com so you can get the director's cut because that's got the extra pages and extra clues. Go check that out now. It's not that much. I actually have three different, me- I have three different memberships to the website at my house. I have one for myself, I have one for my youngest kid, and one for my oldest son. And they both have to have their own individual memberships because if I had them on the same one, and they would want to read the same comic book. And it would mess up where the other one was left off at. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I was like, no, I cannot keep doing this. Here's another. <laughs> Here's some more money. <laughs> <laughs> plus, plus, they got it for the Fortnite codes. That's what originally made them want it. But yeah, now they fight over comic books. So. Oh. Yeah. Better, than, better than other things. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. All right. The second thing I want to shout out at is Justice League Infinity. I didn't grow up with the cartoon like so many comic book fans did, but my kids did, and I watched them because, well, I had kids young, so I was young enough to be into watching the cartoon with them. And as far as it, you know, again, I wasn't a diehard fan, and it wasn't a super important part of my comic book history, but. As far as I'm concerned, it was a pretty good comparison. So uh, that they did well on that one, too. So uh, I guess without further ado, let's get into them books, starting out with one of my personal favorites on Opposite Day, Justice League. <laughs> Rob? All right. So this is from, of course, Brian Michael
1: Bendis, with art by Steve Pugh, colors by Nick Filardi, and letters from Josh Reed. The Sinmar Utopia has returned. Straight from Bendis' Superman run, Sinmar is on trial at the United Planets. There we see a team of intergalactic heroes going by the United Order. Sinmar escapes and heads to Earth. The United Order send a distress call to warn the Justice League, and soon after, Sinmar comes crashing down, ready to fight Superman again. Meanwhile, Oliver and Dinah are out on a little retreat, but are interrupted by the Damon Rose, that you may have heard of from the Checkmate series, also written by Bendis. I found the story a bit better this time,
0: but the art was kind of dragging. Well, yeah, like you could definitely tell it was Steve Pugh on the art. That's not the artist that's been with Bendis since he started. But, Mm -hmm. uh, Pugh, I don't hate his art. You know, it's, it's definitely not my favorite, you know, I mean, like my favorite style of art is like one of two basically, which is going to be Jorge Jimenez or Zermanico It's like the, you got to fit into one of those two car- categories or be real similar anyway. But mm-hmm. um, Steve Pugh kind of sits in in there um, as an artist I can appreciate, but he's uh, he's definitely not a favorite of mine. But is, is, is the oh my god, the rest of this book, dude. Yeah i mean okay so like when you say that this book is better than his last book is 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 that even tall enough to be considered a bar to get over no not not really. i mean mean, this this kind of this really for me this has been total crap and that's not me that's not me hating on bendis it's it it's it's what I get out of his story, man.
1: Yeah. I uh,
0: the the dialogue was meaningless drivel. No, yeah, I tune I, I out so much now. of it. <laughs> there were panels where some people did not talk, which is a rare occurrence for Brian Michael Mendez.
1: Yeah.
0: Usually he makes everyone talk. The only reason why certain people didn't talk in some of these panels is because there was no more fucking room for word bubbles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I am finding he's giving Aquaman more dialogue, either foreground or background, than any other character, and I think he just misses the Aquaman book, too. <laughs> as much as it's a really weird set of dialogue, I kind of appreciate it, because I, I miss the Aquaman book so much.
0: <laughs> I do, I do, too. We got the becoming coming, though, so... Yay for that. That's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, dude, this is just Bendis turning the Justice League into his Superman run, which was what he did. He turned his Teen Titans run into his Superman run, and now he's pulled it over to Justice League. He's still writing the same crap, and, I mean, there's never going to be a payoff. Yeah. There, there never is. Like, I enjoyed the Sinmar story
1: to a certain degree, but it, the this original one, one. This one was. Oh, it it had moments where like, okay, this is like fresh.
0: Yeah, way, dude, or, that was yeah. so fucking confusing to keep track of. <laughs> yeah. Like, I literally called the dude Sinmar, the Sinmar of Sinmar, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I, I mean that's what, and he and he spoke Sinmar. <laughs>
1: yeah it's, it's kind of weird i i just don't get why he's back
0: i don't like, i thought
1: they they finished that story with Sinmar utopic or whatever his name is just being kind of chill like he or did he go crazy i don't even remember now
0: um they i think if i'm not mistaken superman left him imprisoned by his own people Hmm. that that's that's what i remember
1: you think that would be the way to go. Why would the United Planets
0: take jurisdiction on that? No oh, clue. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I just the, let sleeping dogs lie, man.
1: Yeah, I We're just gonna lock going going back up. to this. They
0: already locked them up. Leave his ass locked up.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I just I keep going back to this, and this is probably why I'm I'm not minding the story so much because I keep going back to this panel. I I may be a little harsh on the art. The the art can be very good at times but there's some panels are just near the end there's a panel where superman walks in to i don't know the meeting room or whatever and he's just like like walking around like a dude bro like
0: what the hell is Uh, he doing yeah i mean well (laughs) yeah that that's what i'm saying though like steve Uh he he's he's an acceptable artist but he's definitely not going to be he's not consistent Mm -hmm. not you know throughout a whole book so um that definitely takes some points off. I, I I get what you're saying. I I I I'm not gonna hate on the art.
1: Yeah, it definitely has because a good there's
0: balance. there's 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 worse shit that's coming out of DC right now. <laughs> yeah. But but um yeah, this is this is at the very bottom of acceptable. Just because like well, I mean, you know, disproportion throughout a body, because that's what's going on there. Uh uh quite a few of his faces are pretty messed up yeah so
1: at least superman didn't have two pec muscles on one side
0: exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah like like i said i i'm i'm not trying to hit on the art but it it was not my favorite yeah and it wasn't consistent and the story sucked and the heroes don't sound like my heroes <sighs> Justice League gets a three out of ten. Ooh, fuck. <laughs> See, I, I, I still gave it a six point five just because like, I, I
1: didn't hate the story. It still was not like anywhere near top tier, but I don't know. It's it's better than the constant confusing throwbacks to Naomi that are I don't think will ever pay off.
0: Ever, yeah. Um. I, I just I don't understand it, man, but
1: wait, did I actually say my score? No.
0: Er, yeah, you said six point oh, five okay. out of ten, okay. yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I you know, maybe I would appreciate this st- I maybe I would be able to appreciate the story more if the dialogue and the voices of the characters were not so off and so weird and so generic, flavorless. There's no care there's no depth to the way that he's making these characters talk. And I know that. Sounds like there's a lot that's a lot from a fucking um comic book, but look at what you can do with the phrase I'm Batman. Yeah. You know, now go through Bendis's last 3 issues of Justice League and look at all the different things that Batman says like ducktails
1: that oh god <laughs>
0: oh,
1: that god. is i'm sorry that's
0: this is every single part of this all of the heroes are weird heroes these are not the main universe heroes if they are i mean as far as i'm concerned with the voice he gives them they're nothing but imposters and i'm tired of reading the shit definite 3 out of 10 A little harsh there, I know, but whatever. Yeah. I got dark, yeah, that's okay. Exactly. That's where we're going anyway. Yeah. <laughs> JLD is the backup issue in this one, written by Ram B with art from um, Sumit Kumar and Romulo Friaro Jr. with lettering from Rob Lee. And the 13th night of the round table, in not Elnar, Elnara Rashtu, is interrogated by Batman as to who she is and why she is here. There's a quick moment between Ragman and Zatanna where he alludes to knowing her secret, which I'm sure if you uh, have been listening at all, you know what the secret is by now. Uh, Ragman pulled that book out and found out that the more Zatanna uses her magic, the more control the upper, the Upside Down Man gains of her. And she's fighting it off now. We don't know how much. But Ragman is kind of like slowly letting her know that he knows. Then uh, then Batman is then shown. Tracking down another gathering of these magic users that he's been after. And he's completely disabled through a psychic attack. Uh, Like nothing he's ever experienced before. And I mean he was trained... To deflect psychic attacks by Martian Manhunter. So, this has to be some incredible tool that they're using. Uh, Alnara shows up and takes out the bad guys, and as she's about to wake up Batman, someone calls out to her, and it's the tool. It's Randir, Randir Singh, who apparently is quite the psychic and he's being held captive in his own body, all tied up to a chair. Honestly, it sounds like a cool story, but I felt like the issue was a little lackluster for me this time around.
1: Yeah, I'm in the same room. Um,
0: I mean, I get that it's a transitional issue, but pairing that with a new art style was a bit too much. I totally, I well, I can't say totally, but I probably would have saw this a little different if I wasn't jarred by brand new art in this book and a total different direction at the same time I think the art should have came after the transition but anyway I mean it was still good I enjoyed it what it was it was just a bit it was just a bit jarring a bit and a like I said a bit lackluster I give it a seven out of ten. Yeah, this this is a seven point
1: five for me. I I can definitely agree. It doesn't really feel like much happened, like you said, transitional. And um, there's there's no Merlin, which I I thought was kind of weird. I figured this being maybe a short story, like only in so many chapters, they push the story along towards Merlin. But now that they now we're going in a different direction, I like the character of Elnara, so I'm curious to see where her story is going to go, but i i'm really more invested in the merlin plot right now and there was just none of that now i did look up randhir singh and i couldn't find any character with the name randhir but there was a character named Randu singh from like the 80s i think that has connections to jason blood and he had oh, no very, very similar powers no so, shit i don't know what well, maybe so there's randhir a singh had
0: psychic powers then
1: yeah, he had like uh telepathy and uh I there was a whole list of like psychic abilities that he that he had and right and on. he worked with Jason Blood for a while.
0: Did he happen to look similar to this Randyers thing? From
1: the few images I found, a little bit.
0: Alright. I okay. I I think I, I remember like a big beard, so <laughs> I Googled the name and it came up with like a million results, and I was like well, there's no direct you know super popular pop, you know obvious influence, so that's cool that you found that uh, that long ago character. I don't remember yeah. him for sure, but uh i i want i now i'm I'm curious to see if there's gonna be any correlation between the two,
1: yeah, maybe they're related or something, maybe like brothers, who knows, but
0: or it could be guys, nothing
1: but, but like with rom V, I, I imagine there's probably some kind of connection.
0: he's a hell of a storyteller man, oh yeah. You know, I tell you, yeah, um, and I was just talking uh, to Jim over at Weird Science about this. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> the only people who don't like Ram V as a writer are people who don't like darker stories.
1: I can see that.
0: <laughs> it's just, if if you can get into like a dark, gritty crawling story like you would expect from like from stephen king or even anne rice with like her witches books those were jesus christ (laughs) those were they were they were a snail's pace and they were gritty and they were dirty and they were really really good stories and that's that's exactly what you get from ron v man and uh it's it's still him that saves this book, <laughs> and that, that's unfortunate because his story was a little lighter than it usually is. I rounded my whole book score up to a six. Yeah, I might go a little unconventional as with my
1: scoring because I, I I think I'll give the whole book a six because as a whole, even though I I rated the other the two stories higher than that. As a whole, it was a little disappointing. Yeah. Just with like expectations and whatnot. I don't now know. Overall.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I I almost made the wrongest transition into this book. And in doing so, I'm just gonna go ahead and pop it on us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I'm not gonna get any further into it than that. There's something wrong with me, though. Anyway, our next book up is Suicide Squad. Rob, you want to take it away on that one? I'm I'm
1: so curious about your transition now. <laughs> you can ask after broadcast. Oh, definitely. Okay, so this is from Robbie Thompson on writing duties with art by Dexter Soy, Eduardo Pensica, Julio Freira, and Joe Prado, with colors by Alex and Claire, and letters from Wes Abbott. Enter Bloodsport. Robert Dubois has been taken in by Waller against his will, but still taken in. Her mission <laughs> for him
0: taken in of their own volition. Oh no! <laughs> <Waller>.
1: <laughs> her mission for him is to travel the multiverse and bring home various metahumans she can add to Task Force X. While on Earth three, he finds Black Siren, a counterpart to Black Canary. Before he can take her in, Ultraman finds him and takes him down hard. Ultraman... Very hard. (laughs) Ultraman then destroys the cranial bomb and asks where to find this Waller. Also, Levi Kamei, the current Swamp Thing, is also on Waller's radar. Which I found very interesting. This is is really the book that just connects to everything else. They've had, like, three different crossovers in five issues.
0: (laughs) It's, It's interesting, but... it's got a lot going on and it tells you that the Suicide Squad obviously is being set up to be a central plot point much like Batman and Gotham City it Mm -hmm. sounds to me as though they're going to be surrounding the Suicide Squad with like stories having them weave in and out of other titles so it it makes more sense rather than them all just being together and off on their own shit because how else is harley going to be a part of task force x and helping keep gotham safe
1: yeah that's exactly it i i I appreciate the the weaving in and out though it's it's a little fun i think yeah and especially this this now tying it a swamp thing Uh, i I did not expect that in the slightest but that's going to be interesting yeah no, I didn't expect it either.
0: Bloodsport yeah. for me is always cool. He's a badass-looking dude, and I don't know if Rob mentioned it or not, but one of his like one of his big deals is that he has the ability to uh, summon weapons to himself. He's got to have them from someplace else, though, and in this book, that someplace else is literally Waller's armory. Up until she says no, he gets a kryptonite rifle to take down Ultraman. But he doesn't so realize dead. that for Ultraman, <laughs> kryptonite is like cocaine. It's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like I said, I I remember when I was a kid, my brother and I would ar- get into these arguments about who which character was better because they were so they were I guess not similar but so different from everybody else that they kind of are similar. Bloodsport or Deathlock? I always thought that it was Bloodsport that was better. So it's cool to see him in here because I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, Waller wants Swamp Thing for something.
1: Yeah, who knows?
0: Mm, Well, we find out later on in the review. Surprise! (laughs) (laughs) That that was an even bigger surprise. Yes, it was. We'll we'll get to that. The way it was phrased and everything. It was really... Now I'm like, oh my God, Suicide Squad, Swamp Thing, Teen Titans... Um, crime syndicate. crime syndicate. Yeah,
1: technically, even though yeah, it's more that, just like that's all gone. Different perspective. That's all gone
0: next month, anyway. Yeah. Yay.
1: Uh, for me, Bloodsport was a little too nineties comics. Yeah, of a feel. Where you came from. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I think this issue really makes him work, and I'm I'm excited for the movie. He's going to be in that and in, in the Suicide Squad. Oh no, Game's that's gone.
0: no, that's 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 Deadshot, not Bloodsport.
1: Oh, there's Idris Elba is playing Bloodsport. Not Bloodsport. Not not the old Suicide. The new Suicide Squad movie. It's a new. No,
0: he's playing Bloodshot, right? Or Deadshot? Blood, no, Deadshot.
1: Nah, Deadshot. Deadshot was Will Smith. It, they uh, it, they right, didn't recast well, him. It, they just it,
0: dropped the character.
1: Elba. Suicide Unless, Squad. Yeah, twenty twenty
0: one. Bloodsport. I'll be damned. Yeah. Well, Idris Idris Alba, he's not supposed to be people. so pretty. What the hell? <laughs> anyway, I yeah. mean, I guess I can overlook that. I'm sure Idris Elba will portray his crazy vengeance.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, he's, he's so fucking good, but that's that's a different podcast altogether. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but, Robin yeah, yeah. Dark. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I still I still enjoyed the character, even though he might have been a little too pouches and guns for me. But <laughs> that's what I loved about him. <laughs> yeah, I, that's I that's so honestly, it's, it's it's that's what's great about the character is just an endless array of weapons, and it's it is very interesting. So I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, this is this is an eight point five for me. I really enjoyed the issue. I think it's is it a bit of a step up from other ones. I've been enjoying the series as a whole, but I for me, it's been getting better and better. I don't know about you, but
0: that's that's the way I feel. The story keeps progressing, even if it even if it is starting. I felt like it's starting to slow down just a bit here in this, but I don't think it affected it that much. It still pulled me in and had you know one of my niche characters from way back in the day just happened to cameo up in this bitch, and and yeah. that was that was cool as hell. So. Even though I felt like the story was pretty crawling here, we got like one little cool thing dropped in here, and you know the cameo. It was in addition to the art; it was just it was still pulled off pretty well, man. So, pretty good things there. I'm still giving this one a seven out of ten.
1: Um,
0: I wonder if we're going to end up seeing. (laughs) Surely not. Hopefully. Our suicide squad won't mirror the movie by the time that it well, comes the, out. It looks like they're already doing that in a way. A bit, but I'm yeah. I'm hoping that
1: it stops there. I mean, Tom Tom Taylor killed King Shark, so that's not gonna
0: happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> by King Shark. All right, yeah. He kinda obliterated him. And speaking of obliteration We got a pair of people up coming up next that are rather proficient in Oblivion. And that is Crush and Lobo. And by proficient in Oblivion, I mean Smashing Things Into. (laughs) Written by Mariko Tamaki with a cover by Amanda Conner and Paul Mounts. Art from Amanke Nualpan and Tamara Bonvillain with letters from Ariana Marr. Uh, First up, I really like that cover. Super fun. Great colors. (laughs) I like that. The story is called I'm Fine, a.k.a. Travel Mugs Are Very Useful in Space. There's a good reason for that title because it's pretty much (laughs) the story, too. This is Crush sailing through space guzzling coffee while deflecting emotions about her recent breakup. She starts telling herself that she needs to deal with Lobo if she's ever going to be able to deal with her own shit. And while that's going on, on the inside of the prison, Lobo shares in group therapy that he feels as though his therapeutic journey may be cresting. We don't get to see what that means, though. It's Lobo and he's smiling, so I get the feeling the shit's about to hit the fan. Oh, for sure. (laughs) And we end it with Crush actually showing up at the prison about to see Lobo exactly while Lobo is sitting in his therapy session, smiling, more than likely about to cause a bunch of mayhem. So we're going to, I can't wait to see how that works out. I have a feeling that the next one is going to be Crush versus Lobo, but we'll have to wait and see. I am loving this, 8 out of 10.
1: Yeah, I, I'm also very much loving this. It's a very fun book. The one thing I can say, and maybe I've just gotten too old, but the voices for youth in comics these days just sound off to me, and I think this one's kind of one too many. I'm still loving the book, and Crush is a, a <laughs> great character, but I think I'm just getting old fast. I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: well, yeah. I mean, that that could be the case. I think yeah. for talking as a kid, this one is, you know, obviously she's a bit emo. She's a bit over-emotional and pretending that she's not. So, I mean, that's exactly what she's supposed to be. And I'm completely blanking on the other book that has kids in here that I thought was voiced rather nicely. Oh, well, we'll talk about it. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're a Lobo fan at all, he has not shown up here much. He's had a couple basically, you know, a few panels going on. But uh, obviously he's coming out real soon, and I can't wait. I think Mariko Tamaki is really good with Crush. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see how she is with Lobo. Oh, yeah. Because if she, if, she, if she messes up Lobo, no matter how good she does Crush, the book is done for me. I just, I won't love it anymore. Uh, Because I love Lobo. Yeah. It would just be a crime. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Would be a crime fit for Lobo? Who knows? No,
0: probably not. (laughs) Uh, Any crime is fit for Lobo if there's something for him to get out of it. (laughs) Speaking of crime, up next, Rob is going to take us through the first part of Crime Syndicate number five.
1: Alright, this is from Andy Schmidt, with art by Kieran McCown and Dexter Vines, with colors by Steve Oliff, and letters from Rob Lee. The Legion of Justice are closing in on Johnny Quick and Atomica, but they get the upper hand. In an accidental reaction, Emerald Knight, um, I mean, I, I, I write the initials and I completely forgot the name. <laughs> <laughs> In an accidental reaction, Emerald Knight kills Johnny and seemingly also Atomica, but she shrinks down to hide. The Legion retreat with Johnny's body and to heal. Oh, i crying out loud. Sorry, one minute. She's on the damn phone.
0: <laughs> Is your I'm shape... Sorry. Does your shirt say "With great beard comes great responsibility"? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: awesome. I love this shirt. (laughs) Okay. The Legion retreat with Johnny's body and to heal. Owlman, Ultraman, and Superwoman are investigating afterwards, and on are investigating the scene afterwards and find Atomica. She tells them about Johnny, and they head off together to the Legion satellite and strike fast and hard. Ultraman seems to be really good at that. <laughs> right. Just before Ultraman is he about to fast. put down. <laughs> <laughs> just before Ultraman is about to put down Luthor, he is stopped by his cousin, Ultra Girl. Bum, bum, bum. Hey, out of nowhere.
0: I And I'm going to be honest, I
1: didn't hate this one either.
0: No, I didn't. It was weird. Yeah, now, first off, McCowan and Vines are really good. Oh, yeah. So that, that does not hurt the book. At all, I like that Perry, especially for the tone of this book. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I actually enjoyed this issue. Um, am I is have I just like flaked off an entire part of my memory, or is Ultra Girl a new character?
1: I'm at least new to this book. I don't know. I, well, the crime syndicate's been a thing since what the '60s or '70s. I'm sure she must have shown up at some point.
0: Yeah, you're probably but I don't know I don't remember but then again I've never really liked Earth 3 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so eh, I suppose it, that's defensible
1: it'd be weird if she hadn't but if she really hasn't like this is even more exciting so I, 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 I love that last page reveal With one issue to go, I'm very curious about how it's gonna end but let's face it probably if I were to make a prediction it's the syndicates taking over the planet
0: Right, I would imagine. I'm I'm kind of kind of right there with you. I'm not sold. I don't really know where this is going whatsoever. We've got one more book left. I don't. I can't even figure out a possible conclusion. To be perfectly honest with you, yeah. <laughs> but uh, th- that's only because of the issues leading up to this. I thought yeah. I I did. I enjoyed this one, and well, let's find out if I enjoyed the next one too. Rob, what happened with that?
1: sorry with the backup sorry
0: <laughs> yeah the backup okay yeah
1: <laughs> all right uh, so on our backup story we got similar creatives but the art is from brian hitch and alex Sinclair. and as reference in the main story while johnny was monologuing throughout it we get a brief look at johnny's child life with his abusive father during what might be from what it looks like a murder suicide attempt with some puppies he gets hit by lightning and given super speed. <laughs> that's honestly what it looked like to me. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I shouldn't really laugh at the
0: phrase murder-suicide, but Jesus. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I, like, I,
1: <laughs> I could be wrong. It, it looked like he was going to light some barrels of oil Dude, that's right, right no, next to not the cage wrong. full of that's... puppies. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, he he gets super speed from that, and he frees the dogs and uses this new power to run away for good. Bye-bye. I mean... At least for five years.
0: Right. That little nod in the Crime Syndicate story about how he started off human. I mean, did you catch that? And then we get a story about how he started off human. Kind of similar to Barry's. eh. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. We get a real quick origin. There's really not much needed of this dude, though. He's very annoying to me. Uh, They all annoy me, but but uh, it's Johnny Quick, right? Yeah, Uh, yeah. He's just he's way up there. Uh, It goes it it goes it goes Superman and then Johnny Quick, or Ultraman and then Johnny Quick. And uh, Hitch's art has been way better before, and there's a lot of times where I find myself on the fence with him anyway, um artistic wise and personality wise, uh I gave this one a six out of ten.
1: I gave the the backup a seven out of ten. But overall i go give it a seven point five. Okay. Uh, overall
0: it got a six point seven five from oh, that. Yeah. it it was a big, big improvement in the first half of the story. Way to go. And I mean that the backup story just wasn't really much for me and i don't know maybe it's just because i don't like the character but yeah 6.75 overall for the crime syndicate fair enough and we uh we were talking about all those different crossovers earlier involving yeah. the suicide squad up next is a title that they are crossing over into although not in this book written by Ron V with a cover by Mike Perkins and Mike Spicer with interior art from John McRae and Mike Spicer with lettering from Aditya Bidikar. This one follows Sierra Curie, I'm assuming, tracking down her missing friend, and she does so by enlisting the help of an old friend named John Constantine, who actually helps out. Swamp Thing shows up to help because of the green drawing him there. As Swamp Thing... You can tell he's still a bit confused about his memories, and he's—he's—he's he's, uh, he's not sure how to answer names and questions yet. Like he says that he may or may not be Alec Holland. He's <laughs> basically—he—he he, he says you know he's kind of not sure. But uh, anyway, there's rock growing up from a bomb left by the Nazis way underground. Now, while John tries to save. What's her name again? Sierra. While John tries to save Sierra's friend, uh, with a friend's mind anyway, he gets into this, he takes this Yushi dust and goes on an astral visit inside of his brain. Uh, Swamp Thing tries to save everything else, his body and the world around it, by going down into the ground through the green and scooping that bomb back up. Uh, He. Takes it off, takes it away, takes it into a bunker, into an island far, far, far away. And it blows up as he's there, and he gets decimated. It ends with the Suicide Squad showing up in Kazaranga, India. Aha, Fudda told you they weren't coming. As we <laughs> saw in the Suicide Squad, this issue, Waller has a lot of interest in having suicide. Having suicide, Jesus. Having Swamp Thing as a weapon. There's a lot of talk about how how badass he is, and she says that he already is a weapon. It's just a matter of who controls him. This story is still pulling me in, man. And even though it's a different artist, I am still digging it.
1: Oh yeah, I really enjoyed the art in this one.
0: It was except for that last page. There was something way off there. the 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 whole entire page. The way Peacekeeper looks, Waller looks. All of
1: it. Yeah
0: but um, i mean it was still fantastic nearly cover to cover with that one exception man and uh that I,
1: page where swamp thing just takes the blast and he's getting like obliterated is just oh, i'm not going to cool. say somebody getting decimated is gorgeous but that page is gorgeous
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's yeah <laughs> it's mm-hmm. drawn incredibly well yeah. but uh man i gave this uh 8 out of 10
1: yeah it's an 8 out of 10 for me i'm just so annoyed that this is only 10 issues this could totally be an ongoing yep I, I did find it a little odd that like right in smack dab in the middle of the story we get something that seems very different from the story we've been getting so far but I'm sure this is gonna lead somewhere it's gonna by the end is gonna have something to do with everything but yeah he's um, good at tying
0: I, everything together
1: yeah I'm just really happy we got John in there because he need that connection
0: Old Vertigo Buddies. Yes, indeed. (laughs) All right. Next up, we have The Nice House on the Lake, number two. Holy cow.
1: Yes. I've been waiting so long for this, and now I've been waiting (laughs) so long for issue three. Okay. We have. James the Fourth writing this masterpiece with art by Alvaro Martinez Bueno.
0: Can you hear him smiling just saying the credits? <laughs> I mean, holy shit, talk about spoiling a rating. <laughs> I- I ain't giving you no shit. It's really good. I said, "Wow!" After I said the title, man, this is this is really good. The bueno is way past bueno, and oh, I couldn't say that so bueno. any better. <laughs> this is amazing. But go ahead, Rob. Yeah. Uh, Colors by Jordy Belair. Yes, who's also and pencils awesome. Pencils from And World
1: Design. So I got through the credits. Now I can finally keep smiling. <laughs> <laughs> so. Walter's an alien, we think. It's what it seems like, anyway.
0: I He's don't trapped... think so. I don't think Walter is an alien. I think no. Walter was contacted by aliens.
1: I don't know that that whole like sludge body thing is very damning. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, we didn't get there yet. Oh, yeah, that happened in the first issue. Oh, it did. Wow, yeah, I totally blanked when, on when that. When
1: the just like right at the end, when uh, I think I think it was the writer kind of hit him with something. And then he turned a sludge and then blew her arm off.
0: I completely forgot about the sludge yeah. shit. I thought yeah. it was a big reveal at the end. Oh, well. Uh, anyway. there yeah. we are. Anyway. So he's <laughs> trapped
1: these 12 people in a house together, while the world around them and it is ending violently and gruesomely. Each member of the house takes various moments and ways to deal with the horrible news, but everyone whether secretly or way out there is freaking the fuck out. And I completely support that. You
0: need to. Something like this. <laughs> and I completely support freaking the yeah. fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I blame you guys. Nope.
1: <laughs> so after some sleuthing, they've discovered, well, different groups of people have discovered a hidden room full of weapons and the mysterious statue outside lets you see your home as it is at that moment when you touch it. That's so weird. Which just leads to so many more horrifying imageries.
0: Oh, I what? uh you know what would be really cool is if one of them grabbed onto him and then gra- and then touched a statue and they saw what his world looked like. Oh my god! <laughs> well, they gotta catch him first. He seems to be like just
1: jumping in and out of rooms at seemingly at random yeah so just like last issue i don't know why i went in with lowered expectations just like just enjoy the ride but i'm going to be honest just with how amazing issue one is and having a history with reading comics like amazing first issue does not mean amazing second issue it's the same thing with movie trilogies don't expect the sequel to be the best and i honestly thought this book was just going to be them dealing with the news that they they discovered but boy was i wrong and I am so fucking in love with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It continues to surprise me every step. And the the way it's laid out was just awesome. With yeah, it's the, done
0: really well. It progresses we, really well, the, the panels.
1: Exactly. And we, we had just pages of just transcripts of them talking. And that. So when I was reading, I was reading on the bus on the way home. And I was texting my fiance about it because I got her reading it too. And I got to the first page with the manuscripts, which is basically ends the intro. I was like, I'm on page four and this is already my favorite book. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> and that just, they, there's no images and it's just a transcript, but you feel the fear those people are feeling right away. It just, it's so, it fucks with your emotions Oh my God,
0: it's fantastic. (laughs) So, first and foremost, at the breakfast the day after all that shit happens when they wake up or, you know, or they're still awake, whatever. There, let me, I got it. There's something a bit off putting about the term or phrase, excuse me, going flesh tornado. That's how (laughs) (laughs) That's. (laughs) I was like, oh, god damn. (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah this book is so fucked up that I just might be in love it mm-hmm. it really is nearly per- perfect Uh a little different opinion than what Rob had I did enjoy the content of the bonus pages but I did not enjoy the fact that they took up four pages and it, while it was cool and it definitely did help build depth to the story I think that having four full pages of it might have took away from the book a little bit much i'm not saying that it was a bad idea because it it wasn't matter of fact if if you were gonna include this they should have been bonus pages and and we should have still had four more pages of story that 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 would have been ideal for me but you know Something like that. One or two pages at most in a comic book without affecting the total page count. In my personal opinion, other than that, this this book was nearly perfect. Mm -hmm. Or because of that, this book was only nearly perfect. Man, 8.75 out of 10. The story is so fucking rock solid. You do not know what's coming. You're not even sure what kind of book you're really fucking reading. Nope. (laughs) But it... The the it just sucks you in like a Dyson, and you are yeah. not getting out. At least yeah. I'm not. So a solid eight point seven five out of ten. A little bit of letdown because not enough pages. Basically,
1: it pulls you in like a flesh tornado. Ah, just... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, this this is a nine point five for me. Just because if I was going to give it a ten out of ten, it would have to be like the the best book in the world, and it yes. is damn near close to that but for that it's getting a 9.5 i oh god i'm just in love (laughs) i I, honestly uh, just one quick note about it you can tell from even the cover of the first issue that it was going to go through each character's perspective with the little symbols they have but honestly the the artist i can't remember her name right now ryan i think her name is uh-huh. It would be such a great leading character for this entire book, I think, that she's got that outside perspective from the rest of the group, and she's seeing everybody kind of fresh and new. She has hints of what everybody is, but they even say it in this issue that she has no idea why the fuck she's there. And <laughs> yeah. from that perspective, would be just a great character to lead the entire book. But I'm I'm really even more excited to see just everybody else's backstory and perspective.
0: It like. There, there, there really isn't anyone leading this book yet. Oh no! But I could definitely see where we're getting breadcrumbs dropped to set her up to be the lead.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, I, I get what you're coming from there. This is this I'm two issues in, and I'm like, duh, give me more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's now somebody a- who I've given shit about Batman stories for, and and <laughs> and, and Justice League Dark, uh, you know Justice League Dark far more than Batman. But uh, this this was, <laughs> oh my God, get him outside of Capes, dude! And this guy is yeah. a rock star. So good. Uh, one thing I'm I'm curious about these intro
1: pages with um, each character just talking about their part of the story in what seems to be like the future because like the forest around them is on fire is that them well isn't aren't
0: they the place where they're at currently isn't a world like destroyed around them already
1: yeah yeah so that even that like how far into the future is that like the artist was like missing an eye or something She had a bandage on her eye and like the this guy i can't remember what his title was but He's got, like, scars all over his body. What the fuck happened? And is this this actually going to lead up to these moments? And if it is, who are they talking to? Is it just monologuing to the audience, or are they, like, specifically talking to somebody?
0: I'm imagining they're specifically talking to somebody. It would be weird to end the book with just the whole cast breaking the fourth wall like some kind of friends reunion. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I definitely think that it's building. I think it's building up to have her as the lead character. I think it's building up to show us where everything is going to tie into the future. Mm -hmm. However, I, I think that there is a chance we're going to be constantly shown what the future is going to hold. And then perhaps through their current actions, we may see that future change. However, even in the present day, the world around them has been destroyed, so there's not a whole lot that they can do, unless unless Homie's got some alien rewind button tech, yeah. like down in his basement.
1: Like they they showed him in college, and he he almost didn't want this to happen, but
0: oh, no, it definitely sounded like. He knew it was going to happen, and there was nothing he could do about it. But he couldn't say anything or else everyone would think he was crazy. Yeah. See, that right there, that's why I don't think he – that's what made me think he wasn't always – like he wasn't like some kind of alien scout or anything. (sighs) Unless maybe he was, and he was just like, I can't figure out – I'm gonna have to know more. That's the that's the end of the story. I need spinoffs of this shit. I need to know about this. <laughs> I need to know about this dude's childhood. Oh, like, yeah. how long has he been on Earth? I uh, I need all the details. Tying in. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, this book cannot come fast enough. Like for a Black Label title, it suits Black Label so well, but this really this does. would even fit so well in just the DC horror imprint. I think. It could, unless, but then again, DC we still have is.
0: no... We we still really have no idea what kind of book this is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, bottom line, we really don't. There's some horror elements to it. Yeah. But there's also some teen slasher elements to it, which I feel are like a total different genre. And there's there's heavy heavy mystery who done it suspense going on and i feel like that's the the primary theme i guess of of the of the book is that suspense stuff so uh, i i am a little confused as to why we've got a black label and a horror and then we've also got horror comics that are coming out that aren't underneath the the black li- the, the horror imprint. I I don't know. Anyway, yeah. just keep these damn books coming up because I'm enjoying them. <laughs> yeah. Or at least this one. Can't wait to see what he can conjure up next. Oh. <laughs> but the I got, uh, that.
1: I got that reference. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the next book up is the conjuring, <laughs> The Lover Number Two, written by David L. Johnson McGoldrick and Rick. Rex Ogle, with a cover by Bill Sank- Sankovich. I always have a hard time saying his last name. And art from Gary Brown and Mike Spencer. At lettering from Becca Carey. Jo- uh, Jess is at college. I almost called her Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Jess is at college, and she's being haunted. She's got low self-esteem, and she's, she's very jumpy, and even more, she's antisocial. She gets invited to a party and her friend talks her into going, but it's completely through peer pressure. (laughs) The haunting follows her through the party. She can feel it. She trips out at the party, yells a bit, and then she is asked if she wants a drink. She's like, okay, yeah, I could use one. And, you know, she's been followed around by ghosts and knows it or at least feels it. So I can understand her needing a drink. Anyway, she goes to take that drink, and while she is, uh, the dude tries to kiss her, which, uh, of course, sends her home immediately. She gets back to her dorm. She's trying to go to sleep, tossing and turning, and the voices are driving her crazy. And it's got her picking up scissors, trying to stab the creature talking to it. Except she thinks that creature is her roommate. Sleeping next to her, so that's no bueno. This no. <laughs> story feels very much like con- like the Conjuring movies in printed form. The first the first issue was very much like I I guess I can see where this is you know kind of Conjuring related, but yeah, this is the Conjuring in a comic book, plain and simple. Uh, that said, I I think I might actually like it better this way because i'm 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 really interested in this and in the movies i i really never get there because they're kind of schlocky but this 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 i can't wait to see where it goes this one i gave a 7.75 out of 10 to
1: now uh, this this one i'm keeping a very open mind with it but much like the first one i just couldn't get into it i i've do see the stories going places now and i'm very curious to see where it goes i'm invested in Jess's story but it's for me just full of pointless jump scares which i don't think translate well to a comic and it's like where you say you it's you prefer it more in a comic than the movie i think they're trying too hard
0: to connect it to the movie that doesn't work well in a comic for me
1: but see, i the, also the way, I hate i guess those the, jump
0: scares in the movie too I guess the way I'm saying it is because I didn't consider them to be jump scares. I just considered them to be representations of the evil that's following her around, the darkness that's following her around. So I wasn't thinking that it was necessarily, you know, uh, jump scares. And maybe that that was the difference that I got because the the jump scares in in the contouring and movies like that shit. I they don't. I don't jump. They're just oh like, yeah. Well, because you're expecting it, you know.
1: Exactly. And then yeah, you see them coming a mile away. Right. Like there there was one panel in particular I can think of. Like there's some where it's definitely the ghost, but there was one where she was just talking on the phone and then you see a shadowy figure sneak up behind her, but it's just that guy that invited her to the party later. Oh yeah, like the misdirection and shit yeah that kind of stuff it just that's very very <laughs> horror movie and oh yeah i don't even sure. like that in the horror movies <laughs> but that's that's just that's just me i i'm not a huge modern horror movie fan if i'm picking a horror movie it's got to be b-horror where it's either like full of way too much blood packs
0: or just like funny he's shit like, comedy like, horror yeah, like, i'm not watching anything unless it's got too much blood and too many boobs <laughs> those like Campbell, are the only two me. solid always there ingredients in b in horror b movies <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's
1: it like one of my favorite horror movies is oh god what the hell is it called alan Tudyk's in it tucker and dale versus evil oh god <laughs> oh that's god. that's I that's one that movie <laughs> but that's that's the kind of horror i like i don't really care for like the modern ghost stories anymore but for me, the this main story got a six point seven five. I'll I'll still keep a really open mind, but it's it's just too
0: modern horror for me. I'll see. I'll get into just about anything. I have always given every modern horror movie its fair shake. I am I'm waiting for a movie that will scare the shit out of me like birds did when I was a kid. I shared that. Uh, we're actually recording for our horror podcast. Uh, that's going to become coming out here not too not too long. Uh, not a robot scares horror podcast, and we're going to be talking about horror movies and all things related to horror. And we were actually just talking about that. So, <clears throat> I I don't know. I liked it. I think it's better in this form than it is on the movie because the, movies, the movie is just, it's all cheap shit. It's all jump scares. It's all tacky. And it's aggravated me since the Blair Witch all the way through Paranormal Activity. So this is all, nothing. I've already said all this on the horror podcast and I tend to rant and rave, so I won't keep going about it. But <laughs> I definitely do. I definitely do enjoy this more than than the movie. So, solid 7.75, but not not a not a point higher. Next up is The Artifact Room, written by Jay Grayson, with art from Juan Fiera, and letters from Becca Carey. This is the story of a cursed wedding dress that takes the lives of its owners, and then murders it, and then... That would-be bride's name is displayed on the label. Did you catch that? (laughs) It's a cursed wedding dress that takes the lives of its owner and then puts that owner's name on the label after it's killed it and then makes its way back to the store. What? (laughs) Actually, do what do. <laughs> it, it it for what it was, man. I mean, it was crazy, but I mean, that's the kind of shit that a ghost story is. And I really thought that they did a great job with it. I thought that the art was fantastic. It was a fun story to read. Definitely not scary to me, but it's definitely you know it's a ghost story. It's something that gets told around a campfire. So hell yeah for this one. Eight out of ten.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree these these backups for me are actually the more interesting part of the book. This yeah. was a good ghost story. The last one was a decent ghost story. I love those old tales. I love those like like I I think I mentioned this last time like I grew up on freaky stories. Are you afraid of the dark? Goosebumps. Like that's that's the shit I like. The like the small ghost stories and these just really do it for me.
0: I grew up on Hardy Boys <laughs> and RL Stein. Yeah hell yeah yeah <laughs> good shit yep. the, the one the one thing i which was probably the
1: bloodiest scene i think it was the only bloody scene in this story was the og bride having killed her husband and everybody sitting at the table as yeah. as gruesome as it was and it was it was fun to look at all like the blood everywhere and on the curtains the one thing i could not stop thinking about was who did she kill first <laughs> and why did the other four just fucking sit there? Unless she's the Flash or Johnny Quick, where she's slitting throats at super speed, like.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, she yeah, that's what happened.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, you got a <laughs> right, that there. would explain the blood splatter yeah, on the curtains, but I uh, just i it it'd be a lot of work to put the bodies back in that position and then poke your husband's eye out, but. Uh, that, that that kind of pulled me out of it a little bit, but I still enjoyed the story. This this was a 7.75 for me.
0: Where there's a will, there's a way.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh wow. <laughs> You're really good at this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And that's what's gonna be coming up next after our commercial break, covering the Green Lantern. After these messages, we'll be right back. Now back to our program. Oh hey, happy None of it day.
1: Shit, is it None of it Day?
0: Yep. I yeah. assume that's where Canadians take one day a year and actually get mad and say, That's it! I'll have none of it.
1: <laughs> that would have been perfect to say to a customer today, oh, I gotta remember that next year. <laughs>
0: no i'm assuming it has something to do with the inuits it's probably
1: uh when none of it was formed because i think it's only like 25 years old or something like that that territory Ah, oh yeah that that whole top portion of canada was just a small section of yukon and then all northwest territories and then i don't know i was like seven when it happened but none of it became
0: its own territory oh shit i didn't even know that happened (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's old damn North Pole and I never knew about it.
1: Just feels weird to like be old enough to remember a country changing piece of history like that.
0: Yeah. Imagine looking at an eight year old who has a globe in his hand, a modern globe, and pointing at the top of that globe and saying, Dude, no, I promise there (sighs) used to be ice there.
1: Oh god, yeah
0: literally somebody has walked actually it's happened more than once as people have walked to the north pole you can't walk to the north pole when it's fucking water no. <laughs> you can't do that come on now <laughs> but he's like uh so i had to pull up youtube because you know he'll believe it if it's on youtube which poses a lot of problems but that's (laughs) a whole topic for another show (laughs) thank you youtube kids is all i'm saying (laughs) Uh, anyway all right here we're back with rob covering his favorite hero of all time the green lantern
1: so if the ring on my finger didn't scream that in
0: volumes all right (laughs)
1: This is from writer Jeffrey Thorne, with art by Tom Rainey and Marco Santucci, with colors by Michael Tia, and letters from Rob Lee. John is hiding out from the Kanuri after their devastating attack. He was saved by a local, and they start to plan a way out. Before they can finish, a Kanuri soldier finds them and attacks. Using a cellar as a way to break the Kanuri connection to their ship, he takes out three in succession and takes a weapon heading up to the ship itself. He successfully takes over the ship and powers down the Kanuri, leaving the locals to get their revenge. While on the ship, he finds out that they have been hunting lanterns all over this sector, and 300 lanterns have already been taken out. Meanwhile on Oa, Joe is seeing the status of the lanterns they know about and mourning the dead. More on that later. Mm Mm-hmm. Simon is busy clearing the science cells, so Joe and Kelly go together for an update on the Guardian's condition. They are frozen in place, surrounded by green energy, and Counselor Fell, the resident Kaluan of the United Planets, is unsure if they are dying or already dead. Fell also came up with a list of suspects who, as she explains, dismantled the battery, did not explode it, but dismantled it, and at the top of the list is, of course, Sinestro. Hearing this riles up Kelly, and she flies off towards New Corugar. So th- this moved the story along some. We get some answers on a few important names, and they all seem to be dead, which yes. I'm not happy about.
0: Well, we d- there's 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 some big names that are dead. Yeah, but not anyone is still that, alive and-, and not anybody that people who aren't. Green Lantern Corps fans would know mm-hmm. the big like ones. The big ones: Kyle Rayner, Guy Gardner. they're none of them are confirmed dead. They're all just missing. Yeah. So I think it's safe to say because we've seen Hal Jordan show up later in Future State, right? Mm-hmm. So if i'm not because mis- joe Moline says where the hell have you been right yeah and everybody even, else he's got a power ring nobody else has a power ring but her and him yeah so i i can't wait to see where the fuck this is going oh yeah this
1: is very interesting
0: oh my god it's gonna be so awesome yeah as as interesting as it is though i'm I'm gonna be honest
1: with you i can't wait for a new arc. <laughs> I don't know what it is. If it's just like, I get this is the story they're trying to sell, but it seems to be
0: going very slowly for me anyway. Well, and I think that, I think that you're, if that's, if that's what you really feel in your heart, I think you're going to be disappointed because I think like Batman and his universe, I think the green lantern Corps universe is going to be slowly working toward that, future state story yeah and i i that i i see that like i say that with like 90 percent confidence here man 90 for 90 percent certainty that that's exactly what's going to happen now uh, if, if that's, if that's, that's case, a problem for you so uh, what i'm saying it is, is that it's going to be a slow story oh yeah. so that's fine by me because I know what the end game is going to be, or at least I know what what the what a, what a big huge part of it is going to be. Because there's a story that's going to carry on past that. So I'm I'm curious as hell to see where this is going. I'm roped in, man. I I get it. Not a lot happened in this one, but we did find out a little bit. There could be a slowing of time on some things due to quantum entanglement. There's lots of easy to understand YouTube videos about that, I promise. Yeah. Only ninety-three percent of their technology failed. So not one hundred percent. All yeah. the rings did fail, but they shouldn't have. And something is definitely going on with Kelly. Cause uh she's speaking in Spanish, which isn't a problem, but the ring translators are not translating her. And her, her voice is definitely drawn differently than it normally is. Plus, she's got some wide eyes. <laughs> yeah. um, not to mention that, but she can bust the hell out of a light construct.
1: Yeah, like,
0: I, I was thinking during that moment, she kind of looked Super Saiyan for a second there. Yeah, she, I mean, she was going full-on badass, and yeah. I can't wait to see what the hell that means. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, up until this point, her biggest part in the Green Lantern Corps... Was that she had somehow hi, you know, uh, cloned a ring. You know, or well at least stole a cloned ring, turned into a gauntlet. But now it's getting really fucking cool. I gave this an eight point two five out of ten. It looks oh, yeah. great. I like the way they're handling their story. I think it's fun, and I think it's full of mystery. Who who okay. Who did it? Red Lanterns, Bright Circle, the Controllers, the Reach, or Sinestro Corps? That's the options that are presented to us from the book. Rob, can you tell me a little bit about all of these guys? I know who the Reach are, if I'm not mistaken. That's the Alien Tech with the Blue Beetle symbiotes, and then the Sinestro Corps, of course, is New Thanagar, Sinestro, and the Yellow Lanterns. Yeah, But red lanterns they can continuously have new leaders but usually it's Mm atrocitous. who the hell are the bright circle and the controllers i am completely blanking on both of those
1: so the controllers if i remember right they were like the third offshoot of
0: oh move the guardians like move the controller the one that was Justin Grant Morrison. Liam. Never mind. I know yeah. who the controllers are. Okay, okay, so that yeah. I just had a and brain then, fart with that, but I don't. I do not know who the Bright Circle is.
1: I I've heard of the Bright Circle. I meant to look it up, but I I'm sure I know it, but I can't think of it right now.
0: Okay, well then yeah. I don't quite feel so bad.
1: But I I'll be honest. I don't think the Bright Circle just seems because the way they were listing it, they were really pushing Sinestro, and the other four were kind of just grouped in that same tether Uh where at least three of them just seems like yeah they all hate the guardians but they're all in like that same kind of area where they hate the guardians but they're just being civil right now so i feel Uh like the bright circle depending on who the bright circle are they might be in that group as well so i don't think it's any of these
0: people because let let me pose something to you okay i just want your idea and then you can finish that thought about who you think okay. it, who who you really think it is. But I'm curious, just out of out of these one, two, three, four, five, out of these five,
1: mm-hmm.
0: if I'm right about the story being long and drawn out and working toward the future state and beyond, that means that very likely we're not going to get who's behind that quickly, if at all. So with the first person in the scope being the Sinestro core, I, I, I really, really believe that is. That, that's going to not be it. So oh, yeah. if it is one of those five and it's not Sinestro, which one of the four would you think it was if it had to be one of the other four? Had to be
1: one of the other four? Yes. I, I'm actively right now trying to find anything about the bright circle and my google foo is failing horribly no. but is it the bright circle I yeah. don't know.
0: the bright circle the bright circle dc comics if you're googling it <laughs> no. that's yeah that's exactly
1: how I, I phrase it and i'm just getting like underwear for some reason what the hell <laughs> like like dc under ruse i don't know <laughs> from walmart that's really weird anyway <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know if any of them could do it. That's really weird. Probably the Reach, but again, I don't know much about the bright circle off the top of my head, so but the Reach would definitely have the tech. That's red lanterns are just like vicious. I see the red lanterns being almost mindless. Yeah, there's only a handful of lanterns that can actually speak. And the controllers. Like my, who's are, your
0: favorite Red Lantern?
1: Ah, uh, that's 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 a tough question.
0: <laughs> Realistically, Dexter.
1: But I, do. I do. He's he's yes. adorable as hell. Yep. and his origin story is so sad. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Wait, I don't think
0: I know his origin
1: story. Oh, I'm going to send it to you. It is. If you love cats, you're going to cry.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm not. Honestly, I mean, I love my cat, yeah. but I'm not generally a cat fan. My cat is it's... really weird. Um, She's 12 years old. She's still a very fierce hunter, and that's not like, you know, Becky the soccer mom saying it. I mean, uh, this cat would regularly bring us up animals and just leave them on the porch. and I mean, multiple times a week. She, uh, she would, uh, I, we'd never have to have any kind of pest control in the house at all. She, she She's just a bad mamma jamma and she, she doesn't want anything other than her food. She comes in, she uses her food, and then she eats her food, and then she goes back outside.
1: If if it means anything, her bringing the dead critters, probably it's her way of giving you a gift. She likes you.
0: Well, I I, I was Googling (laughs) that here not too long ago, or actually uh, Holly, my wife. And uh, what that is, is (laughs) that's a cat saying to you that it does not have confidence in your ability to provide for yourself. Oh shit! <laughs> it's it's going. No, look. This is how you do it. <laughs> Ooh, I should stop smoking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I came I, I up with <laughs> I came up with nothing in my research at all about the Bright yeah. Circle. So um I was
1: I'm going to I'm going to dig a little deeper. I you. was
0: hoping that you might know they very well could be a, a new person and if if we never hear the name the Bright Circle again, I'm going to assume that that's who it is.
1: I see here's what i'm saying it's none of these five unless the bright circle is specifically that group of witches from that planet in like the first issue and i want to go back and reread that and double check maybe it that's who the bright circle is that group that they used magic and they claimed the guardian stole the star heart of the universe i'm gonna double check that what do they I'm, call
0: themselves
1: i don't remember yeah, <laughs> that's
0: like, the circle thing. i don't think
1: Cause I'm thinking it might be them. Cause they they they're still really playing up those people, those, those characters, for for seemingly no reason. They're in the science cell. They're locked up, but they still have dialogue. So that that really seems like they're still going to be a big part of the story in the future. And who knows? Maybe the there's only realistically there's only two things that could dismantle the central battery,
0: and that's. Either superior technology or magic. Yeah, because they definitely said dismantle, and that doesn't mean takes apart. That doesn't mean destroys. Yeah. So if it can be dismantled, it can be put back together. Mm -hmm. And
1: let's face it, it's not the first time the battery has been taken out. Oh, no. It's probably not even the fifth time the battery's been taken out.
0: (laughs) Nope it's happened yeah. a lot the uh yeah. the guardians don't really live up to their title no imagine if you will a, a a race of tiny blue people with usually with white hair who are exactly like the snobby stuffy college professor in the worst rom com movie you've ever seen, <laughs> that is the Guardians of Oa. <laughs> but except for Ganthet, gotta love Ganthet. I, at oh, yes, yeah, I do great. anyway. But um, nah, I digress. What am as you mentioned Ganthet,
1: sorry, go on. No, what were you saying? I, it was just now that you mentioned Ganthet, I, I got reminded of that opening page that Dream John was having. And I I can't quite place that moment. Like they were talking about how becoming parallax, but you don't remember like how becoming parallax. No, I, I I remember that, but like other stuff they're talking about during that page of trans, like other people transforming, and it just seems
0: different. And for like a reason, but yeah, again the multiverse is folded in on itself and become an omniverse divided by four. So <laughs> yeah. I mean anything is possible. Kinda of, I'm kind of rolling with the introduced new ideas as long as they're not as crazy as a tall skinny suave lobo being the actual lobo in our oh. entire lives. It's been the it's been an imp it, don't do that shit to me. Yeah. But as long as it's as long as it's smoothly introduced and consistent, I can I can ride with most of it. So mm-hmm. I'm cool with it. I,
1: there's there's still a lot of questions to be answered, like what yeah, happened to the Central Battery, to... <laughs> what's with the Starheart, um, why is we still don't know everything about Joe's ring? I don't think she does either. So why hers is working? where Cause, the others failed because hers well, kind of runs on itself yeah but
0: I mean, hers is connected to the to the battery it recharges itself by itself yeah so she, she it's it is not connected to the battery it wouldn't be affected by the battery going out in any
1: way. so maybe that's what because that was an experimental ring
0: that that's what they the told created. yeah, yeah but
1: the guardians are full of secrets even these newer guardians the new 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 guardians they're full of secrets they're just like their fifth predecessors from like five generations ago yeah, they don't tell guardians. everybody
0: anything the only thing so, that they're guardians of is the truth exactly. not like, not like <laughs> keeping it in some library in a bunch of tomes just like you know consistently well, lying all the time
1: one one giant one that only they can read <laughs> Right. And my, my biggest thing right now, which has been my biggest thing since she was introduced in Young Justice, is Teen Lantern's Gauntlet. We cool. know for sure it's not Krona's gauntlet, so where the fuck did it come from? <laughs> right. Good question. Even, man. It looks just like it, but is this maybe an alternate universe Chronos Gauntlet? Because, like you said, Omniverse folding into each other. Maybe some things fell out of the folds and fell into other folds. Who knows? Yep,
0: that's what I'm thinking. Some stuff yeah. some stuff survives, some stuff doesn't. But everything happens. Yeah.
1: At the end of the day, though, I, I love the costumes that were picked. Joe's costume is fantastic. And Teen Lantern's costume is is really good right now. I like it.
0: Despite living- the fact that Kelly does not, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, eh, anyway, <laughs> that's yeah. you know what tough shit, Kelly. You look cool,
1: exactly. Like, so basically, I, I give, yeah,
0: the DC universe is living in a world where the men all the different possibilities of the Mandela effect are are all true at one time.
1: Oh, God. Don't, get me started. don't do not get me started on Mandela effects. This will be a five-hour podcast. Oh, no! <laughs> maybe we'll have, a, maybe really we'll have a bonus episode
0: on one about that.
1: Oh, God. Could be
0: fun. Yeah, oh, it would be very fun. Berenstein Bears, that's all I have to say. That, uh, <laughs> speaking of Mandela Effect and being out in space, why don't we bring this shit back down to Earth and yes. into the nitty-gritty with Batman number 110. Written by James the IV with art inside and out by Jorge Jimenez and Tomu Mori with lettering from Clayton Cowles. Who is doing an awesome job switching between the font styles to let us know what's going on. It starts out with Batman still tripping balls on whatever Scarecrow did to him. Scarecrow tells him that he's not doing this. He's just watching. And he tells them that the fear state is nearly upon us. Batman is slow to the party. We've known that for a while now. Read a solicit, Bruce. <laughs> 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 the story segues into the fight between Peacekeeper 1 and Batman. And let's face it, Batman is one Batman pajama, but if he wouldn't have got off the roof, he would be Bat-jam. Nice. If. In a very risky maneuver, however, for the both of them, Ghostmaker saves Bruce as he dives from a building. After setting off many explosions in Morse code so that Ghostmaker knew where to be and what to do. (laughs) I don't give a shit. I'm laughing while I'm saying it, and I still (laughs) ate it. Up like cotton candy, dude. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <That was great. laughs> While the Bat Fam regroups, Harley finds out the identity of Peacekeeper One, and tells everyone that as a guard, he was a sadist and always has been, even back when she was a psychiatrist. Speaking of which, PK One and the magistrate have gone after the Unsanity Collective when told they don't know how to fight and will surrender completely peacefully. PK1 calls up Simon Sai, says they're resisting, and is granted permission for lethal force. Dude. That bastard. Story aside, I know right? Story aside, <laughs> as always, with my man Yemenez, I give Yemenaz give me him on every single comic book, please. This is so damn gorgeous.
1: It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, His, his
0: art is mind-blowing, and the rumor... Is that he's amazingly fast at doing this, and that just blows my mind, dude. Hands down, hands down, he's my favorite artist. And Tynan is continuing to keep this story interesting and worthy of investment. It is worth the money to buy this book, and there's no argument against that. Period. I have to give this one a nine out of 10.
1: Uh this this was an 8.5 for me. I I am so excited for Fear State and I know we we still got so much of the story to go through but that little tease of Fear State at the beginning was was just super exciting.
0: I I, see, I, I can't wait. Yeah, it's got to be happening in the future for sure. The whole hallucinations and everything. Oh yeah. But then it can't be at the same time well, because he's warning him of the future. So Again, and I haven't been able to tell this the whole fucking run. When are these hallucinations happening? That's not that important to me. I mean, I'll find out eventually, but yeah. it's one thing that's just been picking at me the whole damn time.
1: This is what part five of yeah. the story? Yeah. So it's it's gotta be coming to a head soon. Like story arcs aren't usually longer than six or seven parts.
0: Dude, they are shaping Sometimes. the DC universe, I'm telling you. yeah, This is not going to be a whole bunch well, of people they, yeah. running all over. There's all these up-and-coming artists that are in, artists and creative teams that are involved on these side books and the big books. They also all have Joshua Williamson credited with them. Dude is making sure. He's been given carte blanche to make sure that the DC universe stays coherent, he sh- and it's it's him that's kind of shaping it. I don't think he gets a choice in the talent, but I do think he gets a choice in the story and how the characters are used. At least that's according mm-hmm. to the articles that I was reading. But uh, uh, in any case, as 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 I was <laughs> I was appalled at this decision when I heard this that he was going to be in the front of Infinite Frontier. But I need to eat my words right now because he he is handling this awesome. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is this is a fun, very
1: fun event they got going on.
0: For the first seven, eight, nine months of this podcast, I spent asking on there, when is this going to get any better? It finally has. That's all I got to say, and this is proof of it. Man, Tynan and Williamson together at the forefront of D.C. really works for me right now. So, solid 9 out of 10. Next up is the backup issue, Ghostmaker, and Rob's going to tell us about that one.
1: Definitely. So this is also written by James Tanner IV, with art by Ricardo Lopez-Ortiz, colors from Romulo Fajardo Jr., and letters by Clayton Cowles. Ghostmaker is getting closer to Madame Midas' main castle, now in the underground tunnels. As he's fighting off a horde of robots, it's now Instigator's turn to tell his story with Ghostmaker. After leaving a trail of bodies years earlier, Ghostmaker hunts down Instigator, and at Instigator's request, Ghostmaker fights without his armor, but he was still a formidable opponent using pressure points that slow down the giant gator. He demands Madame Midas blow up the tunnels and finish Ghostmaker for good, and she does just that. That's not much to say in these chapters going on right now. We've said it before, with or at least I've said it before, with these backstories, it's interesting, but you only get so much page to work with, and I'm more invested in the story that's happening in the present with Ghostmaker on that island, trying to get to Madame Midas' castle, and fighting these things along the way. I don't really care too much about the backstory right now,
0: okay, or so at least it's not as interesting. Here, here's, here's my thing like i'm digging Ghostmaker as a character but how many parallels do you need to show us between him and batman i mean he has his own version of killer croc he's got his own version yeah. of alice in wonderland kind of person i mean this is all insane mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah I, I, it's i i want to i want to learn about him and i i want to read stories about him and I think he would more than fit into the Batman titles or Detective for something. I think he would fit into these normal stories much more often. But to have a backup and not showing us like his origin story, it, it feels kind of like okay, this was way better than last time in every way. More peaks of Ghostmaker and who he is, what he is, and making it look good while it does happen. I gave this a 7.5. i thought it was a good backup story it's definitely not rave worthy but it was better than last time last time he was walking around with a tiger head shooting lasers oh i i going to admit i loved that part (laughs) where in the shit (laughs) does that fit into anything i don't understand i don't understand (laughs) oh man Uh but I mean altogether, like I said it was way better than last time I did enjoy the art a whole lot more Um, I still don't dig the way that the Midas chick is drawn it's like I feel like Raleigh Rosmo just hops in for that one character (laughs) that bugs the (laughs) shit out of me (laughs) but other than that man I mean like I said not bad not bad I gave the whole issue uh with a seven point five and a nine point five i had i had I've rounded this up to a nine out of ten. The book as a whole was really good for me. The first part was you know a big part of that, and the artist even more so. so that's where I landed with Batman, or at least this one.
1: Uh, I am. I'm. I'm kind of in the same boat. I gave Ghostmaker a six. It, the story, the art was great, but the story just really didn't do it for me this time. And I, I think we're finally out of villain backstories, so we can finally get to some more interesting content.
0: Wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. This story didn't do it for you. No. <laughs> but the one where he was just walking through a cave shooting oh, people not, not with the tiger story. laser eyes. It's just just the tiger laser eyes that I love. It's not the whole the whole story was this
1: about the same as all the others.
0: <laughs>
1: that was just the right level of crazy billionaire that that just like I love that one moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> tiger laser eyes. Um if you have tiger yeah. laser eyes, you are a super villain. Pierce. Well, yeah,
1: it was, well, <laughs> he he's, he stole it from Madame Midas anyway. But uh, <laughs> that's
0: so crazy. Yeah, uh, she <laughs> so she sad. she's
1: a great villain so far. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so. Um, but yeah, overall, I I can give this a, a seven point two five. I'll give it for overall in the book. It is still enjoyable. The art and the main story is fantastic. I'm just the the story is kind of dragging it down a little bit for me. Yeah,
0: well, fair enough. Yeah. Again, I mean, I only gave it a 7.5, you know, slightly better than what I consider just a kind of book. But that's it for that one. We're going to put it to rest. Next up, we have Batman's Secret Files, The Signal. It says number one. I imagine it's number one of one. Written by Tony Patrick with art by Christian Duce and Duce and Luis Guerrero. With lettering from Ann World Design, with a cover from Ken Lashley and Juan Fernandez, this is really nice to look at.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: With all of the events that happened recently in Gotham, naturally that leaked over into Gotham by day as well. Because of this, and how Duke handled himself during the dark multiverse folded and divided by two square times pi, Batman reinstates the Signal daytime operations status. (laughs) I think that math was right. We've got other players making an appearance too. Former teammates Ricky Sheridan and Daxton Chill, now codenamed Rook and Alt respectively, are not happy with Signal and they attack him in the park. They actually just want to use his powers to access this place called the White Market. It has apparently... The best of the best illegal tech and weapons. Duke follows Rook there, and they narrowly avoid capture after Signal uses both of his powers at the same time for the first time. And he's definitely out for answers now. I th- I think this was a cool story featuring Duke comments. I hope that this is a setup for something happening with him rather than just a one-shot. To, you know, I mean, because if that's what these secret files are, are just going to be one shot to acknowledge side characters that aren't coming into play i'm gonna be a bit disappointed i'm still gonna enjoy seeing them but it's it's gonna bum me out that these stories are getting set up and they're not going to go anywhere mm-hmm. but anyway it definitely looked good the colors and illustration and like i said this this was written pretty well i gave it an 8 out of man i'm a i'm a signal fan
1: no, I I am definitely a signal fan too, and I loved We Are Robin when it was coming out. So I'm very excited to see Dax and Riku back. Unfortunately, not on the same side as Signal, but <laughs> who knows? For now, they they might come come over to the the, the light, if you will.
0: The but yeah, well, uh, uh, Signal is more of a gray <laughs> Jedi. He's got light yeah. and dark. Oh, and he's that, that is a deep cut. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, I, I love the art. The art was really good and I, I do think there's going to be more just based on the last page. I did think that going into this whole like secret Files series that it was going to be one shots because there are solicitations for secret files down the road with completely different characters, but I don't know, maybe they'll get like two or three issues. Cause there's no way they're just leaving that cliffhanger last page with to be continued at the bottom i haven't seen any solicits for character. any
0: any follow-up issues for any of the secret files not for crazy. signal not hundreds nothing
1: Ah, oh, that, that's gonna bug
0: me so that's like, what i mean i'm clearly I, planning to do something with signal but i hope so and that's what yeah. i'm saying it's gonna piss me off this just hey man what a good story to set this dude up in but end up not you know doing anything with
1: yeah, word, I don't. I
0: don't know if they have enough faith in the signal to give him his own book yet. What do you think?
1: I they've tried it. A, I'm not going to say they tried it a couple times, but they did give him a couple of minis. Yeah, to himself that I think did well, but that's just me. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe there's just for. Maybe they just don't have enough story to give him a full ongoing and maybe this will be the story they can give him. I mean, look at all the little that
0: Nightwing's doing right now. Yeah. You know, as far as Batman's concerned. The little that everybody else is doing. There's just little brief acknowledgments. They could do the same thing.
1: I mean, Gotham really is a city that lives at night, but there's Definitely has to be some stuff going on during the day while Batman's asleep, and yeah, and especially we, with all it, this, this other shit that's happened. Like that's exactly up like a whole bunch. yeah. So this is a whole, practically a whole new world to explore. A daytime Gotham, and the, you've got the perfect character to set it off right. And give him his own series of villains, you know. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, they get somewhere. As for this story, though, the art I thought was really good, and I did enjoy the writing, but there were sometimes some bubbles, maybe it was just editing, or maybe it was just missed, but there were some words missing in some bubbles, and it just, for some parts, it, it made it a little hard to follow, but I really enjoyed the story. I give this a 7 out of 10.
0: Whoa, my, give, us, give my, us more. My brain must like be one of those ones that just fill the words in, because I didn't even notice that, dude.
1: Uh, there, was, there was a couple of bubbles. I'm trying to find one now, but I can't. There's so many. Yeah, <laughs> no, there is a lot. I'm just like, I had to reread it a couple of times. I'm like, wait, is there a word missing? Uh, yeah. Unless I was just reading it wrong, but...
0: Huh. Well, I'll take a look, because otherwise I'll sit there and wonder. Oh, and speaking of which, <laughs> that's going to lead us into Hey-o. the last <laughs> book of the night, wonder girl number two brought to us by none other than rob before we get into that just one
1: more thing i wanted to ask you about the signal shoot and this this is something i i'm when they brought up that book that was in the white market did they call it
0: the white market yeah the white yeah no, the, later on even they better than the black market that's a little weird <laughs> yeah (laughs) (laughs) just saying man i like i I get where you're going with that with like daytime and
1: and light and what but come on the light market or some shit i don't know yeah uh okay anyway (laughs) in in the daytime market they they had what they later called the crime bible but when i first saw it i thought it was and i don't remember what they called it in death metal but like the book that was like telling the story of was happening in metal and death metal that like barbatos
0: was keeping yeah i'm not sure what the hell the name of that book was but
1: but it looks just like it if i'm not mistaken i want to go double check
0: the artwork but it it seriously looks like it but now they're calling it just the crime bible the crime bible has been around in the batman universe for a really long time yeah they're 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 a cult of criminals uh bat G- bat woman excuse me gets tied up to them a whole lot more often than batman has in a while mm-hmm. i don't
1: know i want to look i i'm so excited for that but i'm just i was almost positive that was the book from death metal i don't know i could be wrong <laughs> i probably am i'm not the writer <laughs> <laughs> okay so that was that so wonder girl
0: Wonder Girl, number two.
1: So, from Joelle Jones, she is writing and drawing with Adriana Mello. And we have colors from Jordi Belair and letters from Clayton Cowles. So we return to Yara Floor underwater. Yep. She is saved by a serpent-like spirit, possibly a demigod, which grants her the magical bola we saw her use in Future State. Yara is then blasted out of the water and brought to safety by the tour group. The head guide gets her on a plane to get back to the hotel she is staying at, while at the same time, the various Amazons that are tracking down Yara close in tight. The group, This group also includes Artemis and Cassie Sandsmark, the previous Wonder Girl. After a couple failed attempts at an attack, they decide to band together. And during one of these attacks, the plane Yara is on has a hole broken into it, but the plane is saved by the god of the west wind, Zephyros, and the god of love, Eros. Eros accidentally cuts his hand on an arrowhead, and by the magic of the arrows, he falls deeply and magically in love with Yara Flor.
0: Yeah, Eros is their version of Cupid.
1: Mm-hmm. And that that could not have been worse timed. <laughs> no. Because as they said at the end, it's this is this is gonna cause problems. Yep. Yeah, now this this was really enjoyable. I'm loving this series so far. The art is great. And I'm really excited. I did not think this was going to happen. I'm really excited to see the two Wonder Girls meet for the first time ever. Yeah. And maybe it's Cassie is what gives Yara the idea for Wonder Girl later on. Maybe she passes the torch. Technically, we don't have a Wonder Woman right now.
0: Well, Hippolyta is, is Wonder Woman right now. But is she
1: officially taken that title yet, or is she no, still just I don't think by she the plans on it. I don't think anybody yeah. right now plans on it. Um, like Cassie's a little young, realistic it'd probably
0: be Donna if they really wanted to have somebody take over the title, but she yeah, Cassie doesn't have what it takes to be one of no um, but this they story... age her up a little bit, but, yeah,
1: but... that's another story.
0: The story is friggin' awesome. The art is friggin' awesome. Yara Flora is Mm. friggin' awesome. And her getting her powers is friggin' awesome. I feel like the voice for Artemis was off. And I feel like the fight between her and Cassie could have been better.
1: Yeah, it should have been a little more one-sided. But
0: But, uh, now we're definitely, we've got Cassie here. Yara Flora is there. What is going to happen? Because we didn't see... Cassie in future state nope not once so does something happen to Cassie relatively soon that causes Yara Flora to take up the title Wonder Girl that by later taking up the mantle Wonder Woman that's what seems pretty obvious to me what do you think?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I'm right there with you. That's exactly what it looks like. I'm hoping nothing bad happens to Cassie, but it really would be odd to have two people called Wonder Girl running. I know there's like 1,500 Robins, but two Wonder Girls might be a bit much.
0: Uh, there's, one, one, there's one Robin. There's two Batgirls. And Oracle's I mean, got... What the preview art, there's technically going to be
1: three Batgirls soon. All right. <laughs> Which is it just and, yeah. And and, too many and
0: Barbara Gordon technically has four names. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh man, I'm I'm loving this one. This this is a great character. This is a great team behind this great character. So I I I hope we get to keep seeing more and more and more of this. Eight point five out of ten for me, man.
1: Yes, it was also an eight point five out of ten for me. It's just a great book so far. I cannot wait to see where this goes. This is one of the few books in Infinite Frontier where yeah, there's there was a future state counterpart, but there's no thing nothing in the future state title that's like, okay, this is exactly where it's gonna go. that was just a story in the future. it wasn't anything damning for the characters, right, yeah, so this could still just go anywhere, and that's probably the most exciting part for me
0: is yeah, the potential for some parts to change and and whatnot, but uh. And I'm sure that it inevitably will. You know, obviously, we're going to hopefully see that. But Mm -hmm. um, I think things are going to definitely get very, very, very close to what we saw in future State, And nearly every story. But Cassie may still be alive. She may be, you know, tucked away on one of the islands or who knows where. Maybe Deuce finally turned her to stone. I don't know. (laughs) 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 All right, man. Here comes the nicest part of the show. We're going to pick our top three, our favorite moment, and we're going to tell them to you. Rob's going to go first. What you got for us, Rob?
1: Okay, so at number three, I, I was a little surprised at this. You might be too. For number three, I had Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, it was just really enjoyable this week for me. It, I it I really ate it right up. And I'm really excited to see where this book is going. Very similar to what we just talked about with Wonder Girl, the the future state counterpart definitely had some stuff that it's going to go in that direction. But the journey there, who bloody well knows? <laughs> right there, there's and if it's going to be one of those books where it's just like jumping around the DC universe and just interacting with all the other books we're reading right now that's fucking awesome I think that's great and I'm enjoying that I can't wait to see what happens next uh, number two I had Wonder Girl like we just talked about fantastic book it's really good beautiful artwork Joel Jones really knows her way with a pencil both drawing and
0: writing oh, yeah. and number one can you guess uh greenland
1: unfortunately not <laughs> a little darker than that
0: Nope. nice house
1: in the lake of course of course <laughs> oh my god like there's nothing else we can say or at least nothing nothing else i can say that i haven't already said i i am just gushing about this book anytime i talk about it, it is fantastic
0: it really is fantastic i'm it is pretty close to you right there for number three i have wonder girl I did, again, this creative team behind this, cr- cr- uh behind this character is it's it's a home run. They definitely need to keep going. Mm-hmm. Number two is where I put Nice House on the lake. This book continues to get better and better and better and better and better and I can't like he said i cannot I cannot say good enough things about this, but surprise, surprise. My number one is actually going to go to Batman. This I thought, mm. uh, regardless of the Ghostmaker story in it, the front part of it was so f- was so solid that I I couldn't overlook that. It's, it's 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 Batman. It's my favorite character, and he's being done right. So thank you for that. What was your favorite moment this week, Rob? Favorite moments. Honestly, is the
1: splash page of the Fear State tease? That, that was just when you turn the page and you see that giant ass scarecrow. Yeah, just oh, that that, that was exciting. Oh uh, yeah, that was beautifully drawn. Yep.
0: Like usual, when, when Yemen is, is in a Batman book, um, I I I just I cannot I cannot find a favorite panel. Like, that's intensely hard for me to do. So usually I pick outside the box by picking outside of the book. <laughs> and <laughs> that gives me when Yara Flora got her powers. When she gets that bolo, I think she's getting her, her, her Wonder Woman powers because she says later on, why does she feel this way? Something similar to that. Yeah. So I this is where the story starts to get good and wow did it look pretty man it was it was mm-hmm. done so well that, that the whole book yes but that scene in particular the bright yellows and the golds and i hate yellow as a color personally but <laughs> the bright yellows and the golds and the, against the black this this was beautiful man but uh that was the really nice part of the show and Now for the not-so-nice part of the show. It's time for... Oh, that's nasty. Okay, Rob. Who is your stink nugget this week? Gross. So
1: this time I did have a bit of a coin flip to make. If you're a listener on the Pride podcast, coin flips are everything to me. Indeed <laughs> I oh, okay, so it's it's a, it's a little tough. So I had two books that scored very similarly on the low end, but the one I picked scored like ever so slightly higher. but when I looked at the two books between the two stories as an overall, Justice League just got me a little bit more interested in the story, whereas the conjuring just failed to entertain me a little bit more. So the Conjuring is my biggest sneaker this week.
0: I do Ooh. like a good
1: ghost story sometimes, but this one's just not that scary to me. I don't know. I'm just kind of dull at times. I get you.
0: I understand. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not pull you in great, for sure. Yeah. It, I, as if, if we do call the Nice House on the Lake a horror book, then The Conjuring isn't even this in the same class. No. Let's put it that way. Oh, hell no. But um, on my stink list this week is Justice League. That continues to aggravate the shit out of me for two reasons. One, Rom V's stories shouldn't be down there. Two, the Justice League stories should not be down there either. Definitely not. You can't argue those. And the only argument I've ever heard against the way Bendis writes is that I am taking comic books too seriously. You know what, dude? I'm 42 years old, and I've been reading these things since I was like seven. I know these people. that's th- These characters in the DC universe, because I very rarely traveled outside only for story arcs that look just like full on appeal to me, like hardcore, like Midnight Suns with Ghost Rider and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I was just surrounded with the DC universe. I gobbled it up for so long. So yeah, when you start writing Batman and Green Lantern and Green Arrow to sound like a couple of kids in eighth grade, I need you to get the hell off of my comic book. That's just me, though. Excuse me while I drink my tea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that is it for this week. Thank you so much for hanging in there and hanging with us. Remember to visit notrobotpodcast.com for everything Not Robot. As always, there is only one way we say goodbye around here. Be good to yourself. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot.